1: You are so sexy when you speak French.
2: He's got two girlfriends. Whoa, scratch that. Three girlfriends? Have you ever dated John Tucker? Hey! He's mine! Stay away from him! (gasps) I am dating John Tucker. (laughs) This guy is cheating on all of you! You are beating
3: each other? We have something in common. We all want to kill John Tucker. What are you girls up to? Just drawing a man.
2: All right. Play nice girls. Your mom is so hot. Hot. If
0: we combine, all of us, we can make him fall in love with you and we'll yank it all out from under him.
3: Who's in new cheerleader? She's not into high school boys. <gasps> this is Kate and she'll be taking Nancy's back. What? It's just a sprain. Sorry. John loves girls on top of the pyramid. Hello? Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? You should totally she wear underwear to school. Freak like me. I got you a present? Mm. I want you to wear I'll be right there.
2: <laughs> Dude, those are phalanes. for you What? They're
0: breezy, they don't bind, and they give you just enough swing.
2: unbelievable.
3: John Tucker, must
2: die.
3: All right. Hasta la vista, mother... Alright. Yeah. Just the preamble to your, uh, sexual encounters is what
0: really happened. Welcome to Recap and Gown podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I'm your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? How you doing, Crooks? Uh, I got my beer. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Proud of you. You the right choice. Yeah. And also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas Two-Step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan?
2: Hey, um, it's a four-day weekend for us over Fourth of July, so I'm feeling great.
0: Oh my God, four days? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> you got any fun big plans? You're just going to be kicking out of the house.
2: Uh, fun big plans. Well, Texas is shutting down again, so I yeah, might I, heard been, that. Your governor. I might hang out at the end of Dana's driveway for a little bit um, in a socially distanced beer session.
0: I mean, that's the best you can do nowadays, I feel like. So, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief ASMR and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Hi.
3: How are you guys doing? <laughs> evening.
0: Do <laughs> you want to like eat some yogurt or like, Ew. I don't know?
3: like my worst nightmare. I hate dairies. Uh, just keep this going quietly. Uh, no, I'm doing all right. Um, oh
0: my God. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I that have- probably really have worked for somebody.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I have already been socially distancing, hanging out we, uh, this evening, a couple beers with our neighbors. We were at the end of our driveway, they were at the end of theirs. about the best you can get in Texas right now. To see other people
0: listen at least you guys are doing it responsibly our governor in iowa is just like what is a covid she has no idea what anything is and she's she hit a, a blm protester with her car the other day she's took a basket
1: case oh man i, I never thought chicago would be more open than texas this is this
0: is crazy who would have thought yeah. i mean we are living in some weird times but what movie are we watching this week megan
2: so it's actually a movie I've never seen before, and um, I think I subconsciously chose it, um, maybe consciously, not sure, based on some situations in my life uh, right now, but the movie is called John Tucker Must Die um, from 2006.
0: I think when we talked about this at the end of our last episode, none of us had seen it. Is that, is that accurate? Has anyone seen this before the podcast? That's correct. It's the first time for me. <sighs> wow <laughs> this is,
2: this is a, a a gem for us all
0: yeah, this is a first for the pod um yeah we're all going in real cold on this movie um i mentioned that we were watching it to my wife and she was like oh i've watched that in front of you before I, i've never recalled anything mm-hmm. about that so she's big into this um i have never seen it before we're all kind of going into this in the same boat but uh Real quick, Dave, who is in this movie?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, the star of the show, uh, Brittany Snow is Kate Spencer. Uh, well, I guess the co-star. Uh, both, there's there's the male lead and the female lead. Uh, Jesse Metcalf plays John Tucker. This is his first film role um, after he had his breakout performance on TV's Desperate Housewives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Ashanti as Heather Montgomery. Uh, Sophia Bush. She had a last uh, name. Uh, <laughs> That, that's what, what it has is a shanty. Should I try to, I can try to find her. No, no Montgomery. I'm saying
0: I don't, I don't know that Montgomery, none of these oh, last in the names movie. other than yeah. Carrie Schaefer. Yeah.
1: According to IMDB it's like, yep. Last name. There it is. <laughs> um, Sophia Bush as uh, Beth McIntyre, uh, Ariel Keble as Carrie Schaefer, um, Penn Badgley as Scott Tucker, whose name we hear once. And you're, just supposed, to, you're supposed to remember that. Uh, this, this guy's got an interesting name. Fatso Fasano as Tommy. Yeah, he's Fatso the, he's, he's, hyphen Fasano. Yeah, he's, he's the big guy on the basketball team. I'd seen him in, in some other things. Didn't know his name. That, that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> G, uh, Jenny McCarthy as Lori Spencer, Kate's mom. She was actually nominated for Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actress in this role, if you can believe it. I didn't think she was that bad. I thought I she did fine.
3: Yeah. I, I,
1: I, I think the Razzie people are not big fans of hers. I, I was looking at the history and they they give her a pretty hard time. Uh Fair. some other folks. Uh, Patricia Drake plays Coach Williams. A uh, little uh, smaller role from uh, some actor named Taylor Kitsch. She plays a, <laughs> a guy named Justin, just some guy.
2: I mean, I'm, just, I'm really sorry that I couldn't really get him on the pod. We're mm. we're super tight. We've hung out a couple of times in Austin. So yeah. may, maybe yeah. not. So close perfect, personal friends. You know, I don't know, we'll see. Next time. Next Dana time. Next and I actually time. sat right next to him and um what was who's the other guy? Who was there? Well, I don't know. But oh, Mina boy. and Kat. Mina and Kat and, on. Cat, and Kat, yeah. We should oh. we should
3: be recording from oh, there. Oh, Rob
2: Thomas. Oh that's right, yes. Yeah. Me yeah. and Rob Thomas were hanging out. Right. Now. Matchbox Twenty. Rob 20? Thomas
0: from uh, right Matchbox, yeah.
2: Matchbox
1: Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. Oh my gosh. Smooth. All right. Uh <laughs> Kevin McNulty as the basketball coach. He's kind of funny sometimes.
0: He's Maybe. something.
1: Yeah. Amber Baricki as Jennifer. Megan Ori as Jill. Uh, Greg Sipes has a big role as Guy at party. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Samantha McLeod as Holly. Uh, and there's an actress named Nicole Laplaca as Molly. And there's a lot of other um, folks um, after that. But those are the main ones. And
0: uh, yeah. That's I'll it. tell you, some of those I don't even recognize. Molly, I only know because she got horribly injured at a true leading practice in the movie. Oh, yes. The yes. bottom of a pile of people in a, what I can only imagine was one of those catastrophic injuries you described from the Bring It On episode. Right.
3: Um, I definitely didn't know any very few of the characters' names. I was just like, oh, it's Ashanti. <laughs> it's Brittany <Yeah>. Snow. <laughs> <laughs> calling people by name that's what they're all in my notes as britney snow does xyz not i mean the character's name was kate
0: the names are are not important and really the first time i watched this i really did not realize they gave uh scott uh a character name at all i i didn't when they brought the credits up i'm like okay so that he was scott it turns out i had no idea he had a name I was calling him Penn Badgley the entire time. So I think we're kind of yeah. on the same boat there. Uh, Megan, do you want to give us a quick synopsis of what this movie is about?
2: Sure. It's not quite quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it gives you a real in-depth sense of um, what this movie is about. Three teenagers, two times by a local Lothario, decide to turn the tables in this romantic comedy. John Tucker, Jesse, played by Jesse Metcalf is the big man on campus at his high school. He's the captain and star player of the basketball team. He's got money, he's good looking and charming, and he can have any girl he wants. However, the latter attribute is about to get him in serious trouble when three different girls at his high school, Heather, Beth, and Carrie, discover they've all been dating John at the same time, determined to bring down the campus lady killer the girls devise a plan. They pick a cute but socially clumsy girl, which that's debatable,
3: uh, <laughs> who
2: is new at school, Kate, and they give her a crash course in stealing John's heart. Once Kate has John wrapped around her little finger, she's supposed to drop him like a bad habit and give him a taste of what heartbreak is really like. However, it seems that in the early stages of the plan, it seems that the early stages of the plan work a little too well. And John and Kate end up falling for each other for real. And so basically I don't need to do any sort of recap because that. That's the
1: entire
2: recap. That's (laughs) it. That's that's the movie. We're
3: done. Thanks for
0: listening. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes had somebody who loved this movie write that recap. I feel like that's very detailed.
2: Usually the Rotten Uh, Tomatoes is like three lines
0: and this is. Three lines and not accurate. Uh, And see the last dance it was heard like turning to the club for solace or whatever. That's not what happened in the movie at all.
3: Yeah, this Um, one hit the nail on the head. Um, Also, the big big man on campus line was hilarious to me because we used to refer to one of our friends in college as, like, BMOC as a joke. Like, I run, (laughs) like, behind his back to, like, (laughs) make fun of him because he felt like he should have been the BMOC, but, like, our school was just, like, not for that. But he was, like, captain of the football team in the cool frat. And it was, like, okay, BMOC. Like, I think he's in my phone still to this day as BMOC.
0: I will say the inflection on your voice, I can picture who that guy is. So that, that kind of summed it up for me. Um, Dave, if we were to replace Big Man on campus, in other words, what might you call John Tucker in this movie?
1: Oh, man, he's the king shit on top of fuck mountain. Hey, goddamn right. 100%. He can't do anything wrong. Anything he puts his mind to, he figures out. And whenever he gets into any kind of trouble, he turns it into a into a positive every single time. It's
0: yeah pretty frustrating when is, you watch the movie, but it's also kind of funny sometimes. An absolute king shit. Um, Megan, where can we stream this
2: movie? Uh, HBO Go, YouTube, and Amazon. I had to. I think you have to pay on all those unless you have. What
3: I paid for it, and I have HBO Go. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: I, I watched it for free at HBO Go like three times. <laughs> what are you doing?
2: I don't
0: know, guys. <laughs> Notes out a week ago. Oh, I brother. Damn it. Amazon <laughs> a got my money for
2: this. All right, well, whatever. Y- you know,
0: yeah, that's unfortunate. But um, we don't really have memories of the first time that we saw it because it was all a couple of days ago. But I think we should kind of go around the horn and see what we all thought about it as adults. Um, Dana, what were your thoughts watching this for the first time?
3: Um. Well, I've always been an adult since this movie came out because I'm the <laughs> oldest person in the group. I was living on my own, had a job in 2006, so nothing's changed um, since 2006. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my one thought, I think I wrote on here that I feel like kind of sums it up, um, was like, oh, this is this is Mean Girls, but with a boy, is kind of what I, Yeah. so it's a, it's a little derivative, is my thought. Um, yeah, I was just kind of like, this could have been better. Um, I don't know if we're gonna, you know, does it go ahead or get left back? Um, I. It's fine. It's fine. Like it was okay. Like it was a fun way. I watched this like before I went to work one day, and it was. It was fine. It was an enjoyable <laughs> way to start my morning. Like that's that's
0: all. That's I appropriate. Was. Yeah. What about you, Dave? What did you think? Was this uh, did this make the greater or should they've held this one back for you?
1: Uh kind of had me at the beginning do you you remember what song played over the intro
0: i don't i remember when that comes later on but not the intro oh
1: no it it was big it wasn't on the actual soundtrack you don't hear it mentioned anywhere it was i want it all by the transplants okay okay Okay. wow man transplants um travis barker on the drums obviously yeah that and and that plays over i'm like okay i'll I'll give this movie a shot because i figured it'd be one of those mid-2000s kind of Stupid comedies, teen comedies, but it had some laughs in it. It it was good. It was nice to hear the transplants. I hadn't heard them on TV since that one Garnier Fructis shampoo That's ad. That's right. But yeah, it was good. Uh, it it made the grade. It 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 accomplished what it was trying to accomplish. It was entertaining. It wasn't too long, which is no. good. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I and
0: I didn't leave being like, well, that was a waste of time. It was pretty good. Agreed. Big sis, uh, this is your pick. Did this make the grade for you or should they have held this back?
2: Um, I think, like everyone said, it, it was like it kept my attention. It was like short enough and fun enough where you sort of didn't really have to think about it and, um, you know, kind of pleasant. Um, there's a, like, there's not a lot of depth, which we're going to talk about um, in a little bit. So there's like not much to like dig into. But I I picked it kind of like I mentioned earlier because I was personally going through a breakup in which I um, found out I was getting cheated on and stormed over to his house, broke some shit, and um, basically (laughs) said it's it's over and left. And so his name is John Marshall. And so it's just kind (laughs) of you know, did bleep any
3: of that? Just just run with the. No, we're
0: leaving that in. (laughs)
3: No, We're leaving anything. that all the way in. Does nah, he have that's a middle name? That's American
0: generic enough name.
3: That's a generic a enough name.
0: There are millions of
2: And names. I say, John Marshall must die. Sorry. I don't know.
0: <laughs> Listen, we should, we should make some merch. We print some shirts. <laughs> maybe like a coffee mug. Uh, some kind of a mouse pad for those who still use mouse pads. Um,
3: for those. I have one right here on my desk. It's... Mm.
0: My mouse is on my couch right now. I don't... <laughs> I had, to, I had to print one at work because the um, the wood grain in my desk makes the laser go crazy. So I print one like a solid black sheet of paper every couple of months. Hmm. Otherwise, it's, I can't do my job as a graphic designer. It's jumping hmm. all over the place.
3: Sounds like you need now, a mouse
0: pad. <laughs> turns oh, out. turns out, um, we, we might
3: yeah. need
2: to hook you up.
0: We are sponsored by Big Mouse Pad. So <laughs> Staples and Office Max are fighting over us right now, I think. Um, For me, this movie really did make the grade. I thought um, when Megan picked it, I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm not a big rom-com guy in general. Um, They don't really do much for me. And I kind of felt like this was going to be your standard kind of run-of-the-mill, by-the-numbers sort of a rom-com. They had some really clever moments in this movie. There was some some physical comedy that worked really well for me there was some writing that worked really well for me um i didn't hate it i had fun the first time that i watched it and i remember saying to myself like pleasantly surprised by this this is better than i thought it was gonna be it was like if you go to you know a local restaurant and you're like oh it's not gonna be that good and you're like oh they have some like legit good dishes here so yeah there were this was enough fun for me to enjoy it um I don't think I'm going to be watching it on any kind of a regular basis or anything, but I I did not dislike this movie, so it, it made the grade. It got by with a C, but you know what? Cs get degrees, you know. So this movie made the grade for me. Um, let's jump into this recap here, Megan. Where do you want to
2: start? Yeah. Well, before I jump in, any fun facts and announcements that are out there.
3: Um, I just thought it was fun that the director, Betty Thomas, played Velda Plunder in Troop Beverly Hills. I don't know if anybody else was a devotee oh, of that movie. No. Like, I was. Fuck yeah.
0: It's what? Uh, is it sh- um, Shelley Long. No, no, Shelley Long, yeah.
3: Shelley Long's in oh, it. Yeah, that's um, right.
0: Comedy oh, genius. Shelley Long.
3: I just totally forgot of the artist. She was in, like, uh, Rilo uh, Kylie. Um, Jenny Lewis is the lead in that. She's oh, now okay. the singer. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I would just when I was looking at IMDb, I was like, oh, Betty Thomas and Velda Plunder. Oh, yeah. She's, oh, yeah. she, she's that made,
0: is a name.
1: She's made some <laughs> movies too. She directed yeah. the the Brady Bunch movie, Private Parts, the
0: Eddie Murphy Doctor Doolittle, Alvin Will, and the Ch- the Squeakle. The Squeakle, get out of here! Brady yeah. Bunch movie that was also Shelley Long. So that, yeah. yeah,
3: that yeah. makes
0: sense to me. Okay. okay.
3: But I don't know, that's the only thing that jumped out to me.
2: So I just wanted to call it out Bill the plunder for wonderful. Rest of this
0: movie. Fantastic.
2: Anyone else? Otherwise we'll we'll just roll up our sleeves and, and dive right in. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, so as I mentioned, a lot of the recap was stolen my thunder was stolen by Rotten Tomatoes earlier, but um I will just kind of say we basically enter into the scene of the movie by sort of uncovering all the different characters. And so Kate our main character gets kind of set up as this I don't know dorky outsider like weirdo but she's like smart and pretty and interesting so I, I I'm
0: scared. I loved I love the shit the scene of her as a seventh grader like Brittany Snow playing a seventh grader in the very beginning of the movie <laughs> that was so fun <laughs> like.
2: And like as somebody who was actually awkward not as pretty and like bad at talking to guys, like, I'm like, that is not exactly a very well done representation of that. Um, but with that being said, if Jenny McCarthy was my mom, I would also feel invisible. So there we go. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, and I, I I wondered about, so when I first saw Jenny McCarthy, I was like, oh, that's right. She had like an acting career. Like this was a thing that she did. I only really think of her from like Singled Out and those Candies shoe ads where she's like, pooping in public or whatever so that was i met i had that in my locker Her pooping on the toilet for whatever reason um but i i had to look it up they're 13 years apart in age so like it wasn't like oh they cast a hot old lady they cast a woman who was like mid-30s to play the mom of a high school senior i that was too much for me
3: well, it's Hollywood, and once you reach a certain age, you might as well be 80. So, yeah, yeah, part of the course. It's it's completely accurate. Yeah. She was but, over 35. She's a mom. Yeah.
1: No, that was probably the uh, dynamic that they were going for: uh, a mom who had a kid very young, and oh, uh, and then they're both trying to do the the same thing as they each grow up together, both trying to meet boys and live their
0: lives and so on and so forth. I mean, young is one thing. This is like Sally, Jesse, Raphael, over 16 and young. Like 13 yeah. is too young to be having a kid.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is.
3: Um, yeah. So, yeah. But I think you're – I liked – like, I think part of the reason why she's awkward is because she moves so much. And then I just thought – I loved her just calling all of her mom's boyfriends chip. I oh, yeah. thought that was, like, hilarious. Yeah.
0: Like, mm-hmm. Skip because they skipped him. Yeah.
2: So they paraded oh, all these douchebag guys in and out of the apartment, all wearing the same robe. And she just took to calling everyone Chip. I mean, I thought Chad would have been a better one, Chad or Brad. But it,
0: was, it was Skip. Oh, it was Skip oh, because bad. they skipped town at the end. Of you're right, yeah.
3: you're right. I didn't write <laughs> it down. Again, yeah. I've been watching a lot of The Morning Show and there's a character named Chip, so my apologies. <laughs> oh,
0: I've never met a real Chip in my life, but I guess, okay, yeah. Skip is what they call the guys.
3: Yeah. I think I've met a trip, never a chip, but a trip. <laughs> I think I've met a chip. Oh boy.
2: Anyway. Um we digress. So yeah, but so they do <laughs> a lot of name things, which I actually didn't catch um until I was reading a couple of things. So then we get introduced to so we we establish Kate and then we get introduced to John Tucker, which is our kind of main guy character and is like sort the complete opposite, you know, like a plus at everything, the top of everything, and we get introduced to him as he is introducing himself to the school as John Tucker, or you can call me Tuck, or T-Man, or T-Dog, or T-Money, or El Capitan. And it's like, you know that uncomfortable moment when people call themselves by their nickname, yeah. they've given to themselves, and it's just weird. Like, why was that yes. weird? weird? The whole thing was just odd. But but I did a little research and the reason his last name is Tucker is because if you replace the T with an F.
0: Mm, so clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that took a lot of thought. Okay.
2: Yeah. So um anyway, so you introduce you get to know John Tucker, big man on campus, as we mentioned. Then you kind of get to know him a little deeper by um, the fact that Kate's the waitress at this restaurant and she kind of starts talking about John taking out this woman and must be so amazing to have, you know, be John Tucker's boyfriend and all this stuff Um, and that's Carrie. And then the next frame is him walking in and it's Heather. Um, So it's the captain of the cheerleading team instead that he's out same table same situation um doesn't notice kate at all as, as she's trying to take um his order or you know help them out and then you're like oh my gosh he's such an asshole and then there's a third that's introduced a brunette vegan teen activist which their portrayal of a vegan teen activist activist like a giant slut was odd to me but um
0: yeah, we're going to get into that in a sec. Okay. Um, w- one of the things about this this opening scene, there were two things that I really enjoyed. One was, so I only know Brittany Snow before this from Pitch Perfect, um, which my Ooh. wife had to remind me, oh, she's in Pitch Perfect. I'm like, which one is she? So I didn't know who she was. I looked it up. Um, Watching her facial reactions of like astonishment and confusion whenever he showed up with some other girl, she was doing a lot of fun face acting. But for me, the, the waitress that she works with like falling to pieces every yeah. time she saw John with some other girl. Yeah, I don't know who that girl is. I want more of her. She has like three scenes in the movie and every single one of them I was like busting up laughing at her just like, uh, becoming an emotional disaster seeing John with some other girl.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, how do you know that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it was good. So good. Very talented.
1: Very talented.
3: Um, I'm like amazed. So for me, my like obviously saw this just last week. Um, <laughs> but for me, for Brittany Spo- Snow at this time period, I only knew her from Nip Tuck, and at that time, in like 2005, she was on that series, and she was playing like. One of the surgeon's son's like white supremacist girlfriends. So oh, like,
0: shit. Yes. Really so snow, I, White yes. Snow. He's on the nose.
3: There you go. So like for me, I'm, and like she's definitely done like a very obvious like 180 since then, but I just was like, we're supposed to love this girl. But at, like if I had seen this at the time, I'd have been like, oh, it's that awful girl. from <laughs> oh, wow. TikTok. Yeah. He's very good. She's very good. She gets you to buy in, but like. If you ever go back and watch Nip Tuck, it's like a very, it's interesting
0: to... She's she's legitimately good. Like, I, I, I wish she had a bigger and broader career. Because I feel like she's really good in this. I like her a lot in Pitch Perfect. Um, I feel like she deserved better. Like, she she should have been one... Give her every role that Tara Reid has. Like, she's better than Tara Reid. Give her all those roles.
2: Yeah, but she's not... But she's like more pure than Tara Reid.
0: I think we only think of Tara Reid as not being pure because of what real life Tara Reed was like. <laughs>
2: like every picture she's... of her, yeah.
0: Well, there's that whole her whole boob is out for like a minute and a half, and she has no idea. She went through some some bad times, but I mean, when she was in like American Pie at first, I guess Brittany Stone would have been too young for that. That was several years before this.
3: Yeah, I digress. Yeah, I think Britney's closer to your guys' age than my age, but yeah. But Mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, this is, this would have been a very interesting. Yeah, I remember because it's (laughs) it's a slow it's a slow burn on Nip Tuck until you realize she's like a white supremacist. And I might be again. I have not watched the show in a very long time, but I definitely I
2: feel like that was her thing on that show.
0: It it probably was. I believe it.
2: Well, Um, persona that we're. We're given, and this is very much the um, the good girl, you know, like all of the best qualities all around, and she's, and she basically realizes because of her sniveling crying friend that his game is the fact that he goes out with girls from different cliques and tells them that his father won't let him officially date during basketball season, and so he basically can just play the field all basketball season, which he must be in, like, a gigantic high school because how else would this happen? Like, people in high Uh, school knew of things.
0: I had the same thought. Our high school graduating class was big. I think it was, like, 770 or so, somewhere in that range. For whatever reason, number six in my mind. Um, Not only is... Like, I understand that in a pre-social media time, it's easier to, like, keep all your girls apart and, like, not have them interact. He, at one point, is, like, sucking on Carrie's finger in the middle of a very crowded cafeteria. Like, he's groping Heather in front of a lot of people. He's not putting in any effort to, like, keep this secret. And there's a scene later on where he shows up with some, like, random fourth girl at a movie theater. He's not... It's not like he's, like, being sneaky about any of this. Everyone's watching him because he's King Shit of Fuck Mountain. Yeah, So he's just, mean, like, walking this, around.
2: If this was set in Naperville, the thing would be he would go to Naperville Central and he would have somebody yes. at yes. La Bonzi and North. And that's how that would And happen. Bennett.
0: He'd have, to, Bennett. He'd have made a good girl at Bennett. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's where he was, Bennett.
0: Yeah. That, that is a, yes. This would have made a lot I, more sense would be, if you go to Good
2: the next situation.
0: Yeah. This was, because they had that one scene right before, I think it's coming up right after this, where it's just like, he is walking through one crowded scene where everyone is together, touching all of these girls, getting like face-to-face with all of them. And I'm like, dude, are you trying to get caught? Like I, I had a, a college roommate named Joel, who will be joining us for our next episode, which we'll get to at the end of this podcast, a little teaser. He was dating two girls who lived on the same floor of our dorm sophomore year. They looked like the same person. Like he was dating doppelgangers. And I remember like how panicked he was all the time if he saw one of them. And like the idea that you'd be dating four girls who'd be like in the same 100 foot radius. Insane to me he was trying to pull this off.
2: Yeah. Guys are douchebags. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he,
1: no,
3: he's invincible. He, he doesn't yeah, think okay. he's gonna get caught. Um, Gags,
2: they're they're in different
3: cliques so yeah, just okay.
2: relax. Nobody talks or sees. Okay, you can't see other people in other cliques
3: No, they are invisible to you. You
2: hate them, so okay. just. Was, he becomes invisible around them. Yeah, I wasn't really in a clique so I don't, I don't get it. Anyway. So then we get introduced to the infamous Black Tuesday, which is this massive gym girl fight. So this, at this sort of girl fight gym class is, I think they were playing volleyball. And of course yeah. they, um, the gym teacher selected, you know, the three girls that we just introduced as well as Kate to be on the same team randomly, which is wild. Um, anyway. Uh, they all are on the same team and then there's people on another team and then somehow they find out that they've been kind of dating the same guy, the same guy and this massive um, volleyball in your face fight breaks out, which those, I mean, that's problematic. Those volleyballs hurt. Like the fact they that were they were being thrown like hard. Being up after spiking each other in the face like three or four times, I don't, I don't get it.
0: Like I know, Dave is a big fan of like good solid foley work. the The what? volleyball sound effect that they use whenever someone got hit, what? it made me laugh. It, it made me mm-hmm. laugh every time. They are yeah. taking them straight in the face. Somebody's like swinging a whole bag of volleyballs around. Um, comparing this to the fight scene from *Save the Last Dance*, this was so much more fun.
2: Oh, so much better. No. Yeah. Yeah. So needless to say, all the girls get sentenced to detention, um, which is in the library. And they that's where we get introduced to, gosh, what's his name? Not Pete. Not- um, the other Tucker <laughs> Penn Badgley.
3: Other that's t- all you need to know. Other Tucker Penn, uh, Badgley.
0: Penn Badgley. Joel from you.
3: Hey. Um, yes, Joel from you. <laughs> so, my, so I had some thoughts here. and um, Jump in. It, it's a little bit because I have... It'll maybe play into when we get to one of my picks in the upcoming weeks. But the song that is playing when we introduce Joel is I Want You to Want Me by Cheap Trick, which mm-hmm. is a pivotal plot device in 10 Things I Hate About You mm-hmm. where Heath Ledger has long, has like longish wavy hair. Penn has longish wavy hair. And I'm just like, no, you cannot try to make Penn actually <laughs> be <laughs> Heath Ledger. Honestly, like, I think I wrote that down. And I was like, yeah, I was like, Penn Badgley is no Heath Ledger. So no, no to you, Betty Thomas and the rest of this movie crew. I was, I was nope. I'm like, I love Penn Badgley as Dan from Gossip Girl. I have weird feelings about him on you. <laughs> He's no Heath Ledger. And that really bothered me.
0: I had a really hard time looking at him. So I really only know him from you. Um, my wife oh, loves.
1: If that's the reason why you know him, then yep. this
0: is a problem. Wait,
1: yeah. from what? Ooh, from, from oh oh You're Megan, you? <laughs> you aren't you aren't aware of this movie?
0: Oh, the the uh, TV show you.
3: Um,
1: so
0: let me let me quick oh. break down what you is for anyone. Wait, who doesn't Megan, know.
3: you don't know what the TV show you is. No. Oh I'm... my gosh. Okay. Okay. Woo! So
0: <laughs> so you is a tv show that was originally on lifetime the mm-hmm. first season has a very lifetime original series feel to it
2: mm-hmm. um and this has the entire, why i don't know the show
0: well and you know uh,
2: wait let him I, finish let i watch him.
0: a lot of trash i watch a lot of trash and um i watched dance moms which is also on lifetime mm-hmm. um and that's where i kind of first encountered the ads for you and I remember when I first saw the ads, I'm like, oh, this show is going to be really great. Oh, but it's a lifetime original. It's going to be shitty. The The premise of the show is it's a, a show about this guy, Joe, who I think in the first season has a different fake name. I can't think what name he gives himself. There's a fake name that comes eventually. But he is stalking the woman. Uh, he sees this girl on like a very chance encounter immediately falls ridiculously like obsessively in love with her and then just stalks her does incredibly creepy shit kills some people um is just like a very toxic relationship top to bottom but the whole show is told from his perspective so you get a lot of voiceover in his head of him being like no 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 what i'm doing is like romantic and sweet and normal and you're watching him masturbate in her bushes the day he meets her, while like peeping in her window, and yeah. he's like, "Oh no, no, this is this is normal. This is what we should all be doing." Um, yeah. And it's it's called you because he talks to her in his head, and he's like, "I'm not gonna try to fake his voice over, but it's just he talks to her as you in his head, and it's so fucking creepy." And <laughs> Penn Badgley is Joe. A fucking monster. And so the first time I saw him and cute, adorable, innocent Brittany Snow, I'm like, run for your life, girl, get some help. Like, it's not, don't talk to this guy. Like, okay, but Girls. I knew he was
2: a gossip girl. Huh. Yeah, but so like, you
3: eventually winds up on Netflix, which is why <laughs> yes. I've watched it and why more yeah. people have watched it. And honestly, you can find a through line from. Dan on Gossip Girl to Joe on You. Like, there is a, th- there is a, a mild bit of a through line. You can um, start with Scott.
0: You can start with Scott, like, creepily watching her on her date at the beach.
3: That's true, yeah. Same so, shit. Penn Badgley has a creepy factor. But again, I don't know how they didn't think that, like, to me, and again, I'm a little bit older than the target audience for this movie, but that I want you to want, y- I want, you to want me is so synonymous with 10 Things I Hate About You. And it's like, could we yeah. cut Penn's hair? Like, could we not try to make him look like Heath Ledger? And then, he, yeah, it's it's weird to go back and watch Penn as, like, a sweet teen boy <laughs> based upon his career choices. And it's,
0: it's a weird throwaway. There's no reason that he's singing that song in particular. It's not like it comes up later on. They could have given him any song to be singing right then.
3: Could have probably given him a better, like, more, like, off the beaten track song like they could have given him like a clash song or even the cure might have been a better which the cure comes up later but
2: could have been any song i think they had to establish and like a song like that with those types of lyrics they had to establish there was like some sort of a relationship because there had to be like a little bit of attention i mean for being a little bit more by the way because
0: 2006 the song you go with for his character is obviously by dashboard Confessional pick any of their songs okay, he's, a, he's a sad mopey emo kid like no his singing voice was on you
1: nah, I don't think his singing voice couldn't hit that register he was a little off here I don't I don't mean
0: to you know he was pitchy, pitchy dog, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's no cheers turn around in the voice
2: all right, right. Okay. So, should we so, move on from yes we have digressed very far <laughs> My. Um, the- yeah I I mean I wrote down a few quotes I can't exactly remember the context. I just like the one jerk isn't really my type when um, uh, when, from Kate. um,
3: Yeah, yeah. Bernice Snow dropped some like truth bombs in this session. She She came with the
2: wisdom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So anyway, they all realize that they do have something in common despite being from very different cliques. Um, And it's not that they dated John Tucker it's that they all want to kill John Tucker mm. which in this day and age that's a that's a, <laughs> a, well, a big and, statement and uh, for me
0: there, there's a moment where all the girls show up at Kate's house when they decide they want to kill John Tucker and I'm like okay this is going to be fun it's going to be know? like a wacky murder plot they're going to kill this kid that's going to be fun for me Like, this, no this, this is going to be like Heather's
1: we're really going to yes. go after it. We're, we're gonna kill people no it's gonna be, it's no.
0: gonna be like Not that way. it's gonna be like i to a lesser extent this is a movie that i know we are going to cover eventually because we talked about it a long time ago when first kind of coming up with ideas here i thought it was going to be a very dark comedy like jawbreaker like give me some some clueless teens trying to murder this poor guy. I really wanted that movie. And it was, it was weird to me that they all knew where she lived because they didn't know her name and they was all like popped up at her house. But in my mind, I'm like, all right, we started off with her in seventh grade. Then we had this wacky volleyball fight. Now these no. girls show up at the house and they're gonna want to kill this guy. This is gonna be a wacky satire, not where they went. with
2: it. Yeah. No. Sad,
0: I was so sad.
2: Yeah. And they basically go through a series of different events in which they're trying to sort of find his weakness and undermine it. Um, and they're going to use Kate as kind of this like sort of weapon. Um, and their idea is to basically make make him undateable throughout this whole thing. Um, I mean, the, the one sort of thing that stuck, there's a couple that stick out for me, but um, the fact that, he was like convinced him to do this like modeling shoot in a, in the woods. Um, well so <laughs> proud. and then he ends up being like the spokespersons for herpes, which is like plastered all over a bus, and shows up on you know the movie theater reel um, when he's out, of course, with another um, new fresh uh, <laughs> fresh face. The
0: girl from um, Bennett.
2: Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of other ones in which they're like trying to put estrogen in his (laughs) drinks instead of pushing it out.
0: While we're we're talking about estrogen, I think, yes, dangerous, but I think this is a perfect moment for us to get into. uh, What's your problem? Yeah. This movie had some pretty problematic elements. I think we should really start with kind of the portrayal of uh, what estrogen does to him and kind of they, the way they portray what women are like, because he's had some estrogens for a short amount of time. He becomes like super whiny. He's super emotional. He wants to eat chocolate. He's very self-conscious about like his look um clearly i'm a dude uh i'm a a cisgender man in my 30s megan and dana i want you guys to kind of take it and run how did you feel watching the portrayal of what women are like in that scene
3: my notes definitely went not loving the stereotypical (laughs) quote-unquote female reaction to things being extra sensitive and emotional like i just thought i don't know what it's like to all of a sudden have extra extra estrogen around like I have the amount I've always had I guess Um, but yeah I definitely was just like whoa that is an extreme extreme jump to go from we're gonna undermine his confidence we're gonna make him be the herpy boy and that now we are going to vastly change his like chemical structure of his body (laughs) and then his reaction in that game yeah I thought it was yeah it was a bit
2: much I I didn't love it Didn't love it. It was kind of like, like we were talking about, like this movie had good roots and there was like a lot of different ways it could have gone with both the humor, whether it's like light or dark or just leaning into like ridiculous, kind of ridiculous situations. And this was like this pretty off-putting for me, actually. Like when I was, I immediately was like problematic um, depiction of women because they actually for a while, other than, you know, the slut-shaming, which we'll get into in just a second. Like Uh for a while, the women in a sense were sort of like banding together, being smarter and like kind of getting back at people or the guy who has wronged them and, and kind of like, you know, not being sort of the typical catty women in that sense. And then all of a sudden this was like thrown in there. And so even though it was like John Tucker conveying a woman rather than, the, the women or the girls themselves—I I don't know. It, it, it just turned me off in terms of like I'm like that is such a stereotypical portrayal, and it's like not okay. And it reminded me of what was that movie? Um, what women want? Yeah. Oh, oh. And like I that I Mel Gibson <laughs> that like made me really uncomfortable. Like I did not like that movie. It, yeah.
0: It was like um, that Rob Schneider movie, The Hot Chick were like it just it just to me it smacked of like there were no women involved in the writing of this scene because um, he so he plays basketball they they trick him with taking estrogen, um, Heather tells him that it's like protein powder and that he needs to bulk up, and so he does it, but watching him um complain about like having sore nipples and there's a point where another basketball player is calling for the ball. And he's like, well, why are you looking at me like that? I'm like, that's not... Mm. It, it was almost like a nutty professor situation where it's like mind control. Like you're no longer yourself at all. You become this kind of a, a caricature. Um, that, that bothered me quite a bit. Uh, perhaps not as much as the running gag of the slut-shaving of Beth. Um, poor Beth. Like they, they talked about. There's a, a line in the beginning where um, Kate in voiceover says, "Teen vegan activist is just code for easy." And I'm like, well, "That? Oh, that didn't write. Um, not sure we there based on you know activist and the teen. No, vegan not no. True. And well, I mean, and especially compared to like our modern conception of what any kind of a teen activist is. That's not what we associate with, but. Um, multiple times they call her a slut to her face Uh, she calls herself a slut after having breakup sex with John there's kind of a moment where they're talking about um, putting a camera on Kate's bra strap and she's like well he'll find that in 30 seconds and I'm like oh god like this is heavy handed even when there's a scene where she winds up kind of in John's truck by accident and Heather and Carrie just have like code words slut in truck. I'm like, God, like she's, she's a 17 year old girl who thought she was in a like real relationship. We find out Heather looks up with him too. No one judges Heather for that. Right. That I thought like that would not fly in like a 2020 movie. It, it seemed pretty rough to me.
3: Yeah. Like I think you could do it in a sex positive way you know like I think that's what we try to move to nowadays and yeah like I that definitely I think it wound up like in the later half of the movie in my notes where I was just like don't love how much they're calling Beth a slut like it's just it it becomes like gratuitous at one point which you're just like oh okay
0: you get the double standard of like we know that John is King Shoulda Fucked Mountain because he hooks up with every girl he meets and no one has a problem with that but for Beth to hook up with a boy who she thought was her real boyfriend is like, how dare you? I, that made me uncomfortable.
2: That is, there's still a double standard today. That's just
0: Yes. Good God. I mean, it, it feels like we're heading the right direction, but we're still lagging way, way, way behind here. Um, there's okay. one other line that really jumped out to me as especially problematic. Um, it comes out of nowhere, but again, this was a time when this would not have raised any eyebrows at all. Uh, Beth, who we just defended for being the woke vegan over here, um, they have a scene where they're telling Kate to like count in her head to three before she responds to what John says. And mm-hmm. she does it, but she's counting too slowly and then, Beth comes over the top with you have to count faster than that we don't want him to think you're retarded Uh,
1: it's a reminder it's still 2006 it was yeah
0: Yeah. I mean that that is a word that really I think we have largely eliminated from the lexicon top to bottom like T to B and to hear it just like Casually put in there by the character who we're supposed to think is like so woke, like so sort of aware. That was bad. That was really bad.
2: Yeah. Um, my last comment on the problematic segment was I don't know, it was kind of dark when Kate was talking about, or her mom, when Kate was talking to her mom, and there was a conversation about how she chose to be a nobody because it was easier. Yeah, I don't know, like to me that like hit deep I think because it's like, uh, well, nobody would really choose to be a nobody and if like they felt it was was easier to just be invisible rather than like interacting with like society and humans and stuff. I don't know, that's hard I think right now with like COVID and you know, being sort of so secluded. Um, But I also kind of like, get it in the sense of if you're not aligning to a certain click or, you know, trying to be a certain image, then it's, you know, it's easier to just kind of like be you. And so I couldn't, I don't know. I took, I took it a little bit negatively, but I could see where there's an opportunity there, but it just kind of hit.
0: Well, for me, it's, there's two parts of that. Like number one, problematic that her mom didn't like follow up on that. Like, you clearly have a teen daughter in distress here who's dealing with some self esteem issues and like mm-hmm. some sort of identity issues, but I feel like now knowing we don't i don't know teens nowadays that well uh gen z is a bit of a mystery to me, but it seems like self acceptance and sort of self pride is a big thing now i feel like Most of these kids, whether they believe it or not, really do want to present, like, self-confidence. And, like, they really are happy with being who they are, which was not really a thing in 06 or when we were in high school. So I can see how, whether or not they would voice and choosing to be a nobody, I think trying to fit in with a clique was such a big thing at the time, like, trying to follow the trends and all that. that doesn't really seem to be an issue that kids deal with now which I mean good because that's tough when you're that age Um, but I really felt bad that her mom heard her say this and wasn't like I better go check on my kid (laughs) just like well I'm 13 years older than her so I guess I'm gonna go find some other skip to hook up with because I'm not doing a poop ad today yeah she did a pretty poor job of uh (laughs)
1: I, identifying issues with your child, and then you know trying to help, just kind of just kind of went by the wayside there. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was a bummer.
2: All right. Well, sorry to end on a downer because <laughs> no, that's that's my that's, fault. Because right before that, we we were talking about all these crazy things that they were trying to do <laughs> to, um, to undermine his confidence and like get sort of. Um, truly, like, beneath John Tucker's skin. And um, I, I was just curious if anyone has any good, like, revenge at X or breakup stories um, that anyone would like to share.
0: I have one. Mine is uh, Do you? The, the equivalent of, like, I'm going to say, you know, Hiroshima and Nagasaki stacked together. So I don't want to go first if someone else has one, but I, mine is pretty rough.
2: Is, it, me here? is it revenge go. or is it breakup? Go, man, go.
0: Uh, it's revenge. My breakup thing, I I remember, I, I don't know if I ever told Dave this. When I was in college, um, I discovered very early on that the easiest way to get like a clean breakup is just to say, I think it's best if we never talk to each other ever again. And then leave it at that. Like I, I went through, we talked about one of my breakups in an earlier episode, probably bring it on, how it went on for like nine hours and it just dragged on and it was a nightmare. And after that one, I don't wanna be with you anymore. I think it's best if we never talk ever again. And then essentially ghost, but it's not really ghosting if you say, I don't wanna talk to you anymore. Um, So that was my breakup move all through like college and after that. And I had a very strict no recycling policy where it's like, if we broke up, it's for a reason. Let's not try to get back together. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have any, any good breakup stories. um, Any mean ones especially, but I have a bit of a revenge story here that uh, this is, this is, I'm going to sound like a dick. And I, Mm -hmm. I will say to preface it, I have evolved from who I was then okay i'm a better man now
2: at 35
0: oh, oh. than yes. i was at at 19 yeah. all right Oops, oh. so let's put that there
2: and so, then also the preface that all men are assholes so there you go. yes so
0: yes we we, we, we yeah. absolutely should put that out there i i am not going to become a men's right activist here and be like no we're okay we pretty much suck um so for a while um This is a girl who I dated in high school. Um, I'm gonna say her name right now I'm gonna bleep it out on the recording because how mean the story is but uh, her name was Um, Megan knew her very well. They were good friends through middle school and high school and Maybe in college. I don't really know but okay. So not in college, but middle school and high school. So we went to college together. We broke up the summer before college, and then I got back together with her right before I started my freshman year of college because I am That's a moron. This is why I have a no recycling policy. This is why I have a no recycling policy and also why uh, I had a very strict five-foot, four-inch cutoff where I would not date girls over five-four. Dave <laughs> knows that rule. <laughs> and yes! Yep. And I had a no blondes rule that has lasted the entirety of my life since then. Because she he was has like that a rule, five. and I'm like,
1: "Why is that?" It's like it's one specific person.
3: There's a Wait, r- I had no one. Five foot four.
0: No, yeah. never again.
2: That is wild to me. As is five foot six. Yeah, I'm offended. Seven and three quarters, and a blonde for listen. Years. Offended.
0: My high school, my college girlfriend was five two and brunette. I went, I went to the the exact extreme. My wife right now is five four. She just made me cut. But I, I had a very, I have stuck to that rule since 2004 because of this particular breakup because it was so bad. Um, yeah, so we we broke up. It was a very messy, long, super drawn out breakup, um, mostly over instant messenger. Uh, during this breakup, at one point, she said that she couldn't stop staring at this bottle of pills. Uh when we, when we, Whoa. yeah, when we, when we finally ended the conversation, which was at like three in the morning, my roommate Joel will Joel be on next week? If I'll be able to talk about this because he made fun of me for it. He watched an entire World Series baseball game while this breakup was happening on Messenger. So a long fucking breakup.
2: Why didn't you uh, watch the game while
0: you're doing it? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't like baseball that much. It was on in the background in our dorm room, but I was focused on this conversation. So at the end of it she said that she was going to go down to the river and then said goodbye forever. Leading me to believe I'm going to commit suicide. Right. That was the kind of relationship that I was in, in college with this girl whose name I said earlier. Um, so right after that breakup happened, maybe I don't know, three months later, uh, I was in a band with Bobby Lesch, uh, who Dave was also in a band with. If you guys don't know, our opening song, Dave is singing that song. That's Dave's uh, high school band, Stomp Aberdeen. And Bobby Lesh was the drummer in Stomp Aberdeen. He was the drummer in my band, which had a rotating carousel of names. Um, at one point, we tossed around the idea of doing a side project, because if you're ever in a band, you want to do a side project. Everyone wants to do that. We were going to do an old-timey punk band where we all played like different instruments except for Bobby, because he's a really good drummer. And so we were talking about this. We came up with a name. It was going to be Dick Dastardly and the Henchman. I was going to be Dick Dastardly as a stage name. Uh, sure. Who was he was in? Um, what was that cartoon? Like Wacky Races, I think. He was he was like White Snidely Whiplash. If you guys know Snidely Whiplash, same character. Okay. And so. We were tossing around ideas and I, I wound up writing a bunch of songs. There were a bunch of anti-George W. Bush songs that I wrote. Um, and one of the songs that I wrote uh, was titled this girl's first, middle, and last name. That was the entire title of the song. This is the part where I feel bad spilling her dirty laundry here. Um, so get your mug ready, here comes some tea. When we were in college, our sex life was not fun. Um, I think about sex when you're 18, 19, 20, and 21 being fun. It was not fun. She had this routine that we would go through when she wanted to hook up. And she would invite me over. Yeah, not good. She, she would have like 10,000 candles lit in her dorm room, a fire hazard. Just candles as far as the eye could see. She would be in her dorm had an attached bathroom in each dorm room, which is luxury. She'd be in the bathroom, have me come in, sit on the bed. She would walk out in like a white button down shirt, uh, no pants, um, black, I guess, stockings, heels, her hair just teased to the heavens, big as can be. And like really, really heavy makeup, not unlike a drag queen might wear and when we hooked up she would play are you guys familiar with the 90s television show full house
2: yes yes, yes.
0: there's a scene in full house where jesse gets married and he sings to Aunt yeah. Becky a beach Boys song called forever forever,
1: forever. yeah i remember that dave one. knows
0: that's it been, been i'm fun. gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put i'm gonna but, play for the listeners a second yeah, song Jesus. right now Okay, so the song is very sappy. Um, That was her favorite show and her favorite scene. So she would put that song on, on repeat, when she wanted to hook up. It is a sad ballad, a long, slow ballad, sung by John Stamos. And so that was our, yes. I am 18. To use a crass term, I'm just trying to get my dick wet. And she's over here with the whole production.
3: And like every, my, every time. Every time you uh, had to go through this. Nine
0: times out of ten.
2: <laughs> it's so like an eighties movie. My this, God. This is what yeah. sexy is-, is. Who has time for this in college?
0: Megan, um, you you knew her at the time. Like, is any of this shocking to you?
2: No, I can exactly picture what's happening. Yeah.
0: Right. So, um, so this was her, her routine, it went on every single time. It was so tedious, I was jealous of my friends who would be like, well, it's 2 p.m., my girlfriend's coming over until two 15. <laughs> like, what, what is that like? What You're gonna put like yin-yang twins, and I'm over here with John Stamos like crying in my ear. Mm-hmm. So after our breakup, uh, she was in a sorority. She was in Zeta Tau Alpha, and she would tell, she told her sorority, that we were still dating for comfortably a year after we broke up. And so I'd be out on dates in Iowa City and sorority girls from Zeta would walk up to me and like confront me during my date. If they saw me at a bar dancing with a the girl, they'd like run up on me, how, how dare you? Uh, for those who don't know what I look like, I, I'm, I'm large, I'm bald. I think I had hair at the time actually, but I'm black. And there's not a whole lot of us in Iowa City. so. I stood out a little bit, and they would know it was me. And so I was routinely being interrupted on dates by these girls, and I lost a lot of really good first dates that never became second dates because of this. Um, it was bad, and so I wanted some revenge. Uh, if I was in Scarface, I'd be like sadly saying "Revengea," like I need some revenge off of all of this. And so when Bobby and I started Big Dasher being the Henchman, um, I wrote a bunch of songs. One of them, fittingly for this movie, was a punk cover of Forever by Jesse and the Rippers. And I, I remember the lyrics to the first verse. I don't know the whole song anymore, but I remember the lyrics in the first verse. And the first line was, if every word I said could make you cry, I'd talk forever. Then it's, you asked yeah. me when we could get back together, and I said never. If every meal I cooked could make you choke, I'd cook forever. Forever, forever, I'd be so happy without you. And then her first middle and last name was the last line of the first verse of that song. The band never played a show. Um, We had like one practice, but I wrote guitar and bass parts. And then there was a a moment, I think I must've been like a senior when this happened. There was a girl who knew her, who I wound up hooking up with a couple of times. And she came over and I played her an acoustic version of that song one time after smoking some herb and uh, drinking some, I'm gonna say Keystone, I would assume, um, before we hooked up. So that, that was about the meanest that I got because I had every intention of playing that song in front of a full crowd with the hopes that friends of hers would have been there to witness and hear this song. Um, So yeah, that's about the meanest that I got uh, for revenge. Um, Big Sis, you got anything?
2: I mean, how could anyone top that story? (laughs) I'm like,
3: listeners, you couldn't, you won't know this, but my face was agape, my mouth was agape the whole entire time
0: and again nineteen year old me was not who I am now um I wouldn't or, do a thing like that now
3: not so much from the revenge stuff whatever just the preamble to your <sighs> uh sexual encounter really that was
0: i mean I'm, I'm telling you like it it was and so when we when we did break up and like I started to date other girls, I was like this can be fun it can be like i'm between classes stopping at your place because i have 50 minutes to burn or whatever that's fun it was the production aspect of it Mm -hmm. and she had a roommate so she like make her roommate leave ahead of time it was wow i have ptsd to this day if i hear that song right now i break out in hives i bet it was uh
2: Okay. We're going to be able to make it through the rest of this recap.
0: I'll be over here hugging my knees and rocking back and forth. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, I've had a lot of revenge thoughts, but I don't think I've actually followed through.
3: Um, so, listeners, when we were last talking about the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. The point. Welcome
0: back to the podcast, guys. I had I had to take a moment to uh, relive a solid year or two of my life there. Yeah.
3: Um, Go yeah. ahead. Did you want no, to? Th- I think we were just, uh, yeah. they they tried to make him uh, have herpes. He spun it. Everything <laughs> that John did. Yeah. He, yeah. So like, he's a herpes guy. He became like the spokesperson and spun it. Um, estrogen, he just got closer to his phone inside, spun it. John Tucker is Teflon. It just, he's a duck, rolls off his back. So they have to go to the next level, which is... Which is the thong from Victoria's
2: Secret. Uh.
3: But wait, no, it's Kate has to date him. That's where we ultimately get. Someone needs to break John's heart as badly as he has
2: broken theirs. Right. Right. In which she basically becomes this... She's coached by these um, women who basically give her the tools and the words to say. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. This is also a little weird. Like, it's basically like, don't say anything for three seconds and then you're going to break his confidence and he's going to like try to do everything for you, which is kind of a genius move. And I might actually try that. um,
0: Very wise.
2: Now that I'm back in the dating pool. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so he basically thinks that she's, too good for him or not interested in him so he tries harder it's like you know it's like the love of the game you want to like always be a part of that chase right um gotta neg gotta neg people i know
3: and then,
0: <laughs> back to mystery negging all the time
3: negging just gotta be terrible
2: that's what makes people fall in love with you i guess I don't know. um and then they go out of town for about the big basketball game right yeah, I
3: think yeah, he falls for her, here. it works, she, yeah. he's head over heels for her. Yeah. I will say, though, before that happens, she, like, refuses to go on a date with him, and then in some game, it's, like, really close, and he, she becomes magically a cheerleader because uh, Ashanti founds <laughs> <frowns> her, <laughs> he, like, knights her, hits her, yeah, you're a
2: cheerleader a, now.
0: another cheerleading team with no coach.
2: Yeah, she's (laughs) just a cheerleader now, with no Um, no training needed. Just jump up to the top of the pyramid. She
3: almost
0: murders a poor girl on the pyramid there.
3: It's wild. Um, but so as she's like not going into it, um, finally she's a cheerleader. She's on the sideline. He's trying to ask her out. I will say, a lot of the basketball in this movie is suspect. Just straight up,
2: there there has to be. There's no basketball. It's, a, yeah. lot of
1: trampoline, a lot of trampoline slam dunks, I can tell you that. So many trampoline yes. dunks. Yeah, Thousands. I was
2: like, it's the rim
3: reg- regulation and where like, I need to see the trampolines. Yes, I yes. had all of that as well, too.
0: Yeah. We, yes. I mean, having, having seen young Jordan play, having seen Vince Carter dunk, these dudes are doing like front flip dunks. There's one dunk, which is a 360, where John is like parallel to the ground by the end of it because he's like laying down in the air. No one is dunking like this in high school. We, Mm -hmm. I knew some kids who could dunk in high school. We talked about Tim Uri, Megan's two week or so long boyfriend. He was like eight feet tall. (laughs) Like he wasn't dunking like this. The basketball was insane.
3: It was wild. But there was one really cool part where he's trying to ask her out on a date. She's like, I don't know, I don't know. Clock's running down. Everybody's freaking (laughs) out. He's like, you got, I got, you got to say yes. Honestly, it's a baller move. Loved it. Um, uh, and she finally like says yes. And he's like, oh, I'll shoot my shot. And it's like no time left on the clock. Oh Three pointer god, wins the game. It oh was like, oh my god, the way, oh
0: my god. Okay, yeah. my my problem watching that scene was the kid playing defense on John Tucker. Uh, there's a scene oh, that I, I referenced. <laughs> there was a kid who was ostensibly guarding him. Sure. There's there's a Simpson scene that it made me think about, which I think Dave will remember. There's a scene where Mo bets against the Globetrotters. Uh, he takes a lot of money. He, he bets against the Globetrotters. He, he bets, on, he bets on, on the generals, right? He bets on the generals. Yeah. And he's watching the game and he's like, he's spinning the ball with a just Take it! It's
3: the same
0: thing. <laughs> like, the guy yeah. he is he is obviously not focused on the game he's flirting with this girl he is right. dribbling like shoulders high just he's take the ball he's
3: John he's John Hunter. Hunter. And just it's take the, the, the ball
0: shoulder. yeah like, or at a minimum you know what smart basketball foul him like put him on the foul line get the ball back yeah. but he's over here just like dribbling way high up
3: He's gotta shoot a shot, he's gotta get the of That guy, game-recognized game. His defender was like, yeah, I gotta watch, I gotta see how this plays out.
0: I was so mad. (laughs)
3: By the way, I
2: I forgot to to talk about kind of the intro of the fact that they've decided that Kate must date him. And they said, have you ever dated anyone? And she's like, no, have you ever kissed, or are you a good kisser? And she like, looks like she's about to die and shrivel up. And I love that shot. I'm just like, that was me. I'm like, yeah. I get you, right?
0: Well, you had boyfriends in high school.
2: Well, what was she supposed to be like a junior or something?
0: Uh, junior, probably a junior, because they never mentioned college or anything.
2: Yeah. So I mean, that was like, I dated Tim for two weeks in so- my sophomore year, and then.
0: I mean cowboy hat?
2: No. Remember JC. Oh. Who? JC. Shazay. No. <laughs> JC, the long-armed guy from Snowball.
0: Oh, JC with the... Okay, yeah, with the long (laughs) arms. We did this motion. Yeah. Oh, God. I forgot about JC. It was my
2: first kiss at junior prom.
0: (laughs) Okay. I do recall JC now.
2: Yeah, and then we all had to go to Six Flags when it was 40 degrees and basically snowing out because Bobby Clawson had already bought his tickets and he wasn't going to waste his $15 for the... The prom weekend event,
0: uh, Megan. If you recall, my prom date junior year wound up going to the Indiana Dunes with some other dude, so I was there by myself <laughs> at the after party at Six Flags. Well, uh, we're still we're still friends now. She was the roommate of the girl that I mentioned earlier, and now she lives in Canada with a couple of really cute kids. Yeah, she's
2: awesome. But
0: uh, yeah, she's great, and she she the guy that she left me for they wound up dating for a long time. So like, I I get it, but yeah she left me during prom
3: uh wow. huh so, so at least we had jc yeah my prom date wound up hooking up with someone else during prom weekend so he went with hey. me but hooked up with her mm. so i don't know
0: similar at Why? least mine was like hey so i'm leaving
3: <laughs> like, oh, no. let me it's go just- home
0: with this other dude
3: now, okay. we were all down in, like, Wildwood for, like, three three days. All of our parents let us, like, rent hotel rooms in Wildwood, New Jersey for three days. God, what? So, and, <laughs>
2: yeah. Anywho. Jersey. Yeah. It's a weird place. Oh um, my God. No, we had just had a giant conversion van that Jake, our friend Jake had. Jake. Jake from Safe Farm? Uh, uh, similar. Jake Close. from the football team, who Eric
0: Yep. Had, oh, yeah. Mentioned Jake, the, uh, the, the, lamp, or what, uh, what was the guy's name? Lance Harbor? The Lance the to, to Eric Mox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he uh, had a conversion van, with like the extended rooftop.
3: Yeah. Anyway. We're looking into one of those um, here in my household <laughs> um, just to not be here all the time. Um, but wait, I also thought when they're asking if she's a good kisser, doesn't she make out with Sophia Bush? And it was yes. like, still? Okay. And that was like so not. We'll get to the movie that makes that moment
0: we'll do that in. eventually
3: yeah. yeah and now it's like six years later it's just like oh two girls kiss whatever
0: <laughs> they <are> got <laughs> a couple of moments in this movie that were obviously just put in there to convince guys that they should also see this there's like that scene there's the scene where she comes out uh kate comes out in like her really fancy victoria's secret lingerie mm-hmm. And i'm like as an adult watching this knowing that it's supposed to be like a 17 year old girl i'm not okay with that and also <laughs> we talked about my high school girlfriend my experience with girlfriends and lingerie at the time was not that um, it wasn't fancy, it wasn't fun it wasn't cute, it was utilitarian so to see her like show up in like really what seemed to be expensive looking lingerie like that I'm like well I don't, this is clearly just put in here so that guys who are dragged to this movie can say that they had an okay time mm-hmm. the kiss was over the top and then they had the poor dude who was like, "Do it again." <laughs> and creep ass watching them from outside the truck.
2: Yeah, okay. might as well have been Penn Bagley. Anyway, it should have been him. Penn Bagley, the there's ben a Badgley. G in there. Bagley. James <laughs> Van
0: yeah, stick
3: with Anyway, we'll stick with What's, Bagley. Uh, <laughs> Here back to the movie. Um, oh. So wait, do we, okay, so we have that cool baller. Uh, I'm not going to shoot the shot until okay. you say yesterday to the date. Yep. Um, is that the beach? And then we have the yes. away game? Okay. Yeah, that's,
0: so they're, they're, that's their beach date. Then they have their boat date where mm-hmm. he takes her back to the restaurant where she works at. And then I guess it's a restaurant that's on the water. We haven't established where this movie takes place, but Pacific
3: Northwest somewhere.
0: Somewhere, well, they're the Kodiaks, so it's probably somewhere around there. Um, and then after their boat date, is when they go uh, to the away game.
3: Mm-hmm. But like, um, do we ever figure out? Like, I, I just think honestly, guys, it's been like two weeks since I maybe not two. It's been a while since I <laughs> watched this movie. Um, do we ever establish why? John falls in love with her, or is it just because she's continually, like, playing the game? Like, I don't get why he's in the
0: game. Okay. Well, listen. Somebody. I, think, I think this is a great time for us to pop in a segment where we're going to talk about their whole relationship or whatever it is, uh, called Love at First Semester. This relationship isn't a relationship. It's just them going on dates. Um,
2: it's, I it's, think just about- her, it's just him talking, because she's not even saying anything back to him. But isn't not only like that. that. Like
3: high school, like
0: dude, no, no. My high school relationships were okay. so dependent on like let's go sit in my basement on the on the couch for a while, then make it after that. Like there's never a scene where they're, they're alone together. It's them going on dates. They go on the beach date, yeah, they I go on the boat date. In high school is what I
2: would like to know. None. Uh,
0: uh, a, a one date to like L- La Sorella or whatever was like yeah. the highlight of our relationship in high school. It was, it was for sure not like date after date, it was mostly, we're gonna sit in my parents' basement. This was a time before Netflix. So we're probably gonna rent a DVD from Blockbuster and then do some necking. And then you have to leave here by like 1030. So the I, I was so confused by their relationship. I was confused. There's a point late in the movie where he asks her out. And I'm like, I thought that would have happened by now. Um what am I the only one who was like what is why is he into her
3: no I was right there with you that's why I was like I don't I don't get like I think it's obviously like now that I've had some time to you know the past 30 seconds think about it I think it is because (laughs) she like is doing that whole aloof thing and and then occasionally they'll have like a real conversation but yeah like you never really, you never really sold on why John goes so above and beyond for her, hmm. and why we get yeah. the boat date, like why we get, which let's just talk about it now. What the fuck? <laughs> the <laughs> boat
2: I boat I, date, but I just want to say, like, as somebody who's been in the dating world recently, on and off, is like that is the game, you know? Like, if you actually Dates? want, no, if you actually want somebody to like. Kind of like you the game is to not seem as interested so there's always like a chase and so i like immediately got that that's why that he was interested because he's so used to like getting everything he wants in the minute but then the minute she starts to like turn to him like how it normally works in life is like you know he backs off
0: and that's so like, weird to me because i think about myself in high school and myself in college I never had the kind of confidence to be like, she's not showing me any interest. I should keep trying. It's like, oh, yeah. if there's if there's a girl who I'm like, even moderately flirting with and she's giving me nothing back, it's like, well, okay, I'm at a school of a shitload of students. I'll talk to somebody else. I'm at a college where there's, you know, thousands of us here in my class. I'll go talk to someone else. I, I've never understood the whole, I'm going to keep chasing this girl who's giving me every signal that she's not interested in me. Like, I...
2: I mean, I... That's
0: a weird thing for me.
2: I kind of did that with my ex-husband.
0: God, I... Oh, that, that's a surefire weird for me to to be like, all right, we're friends then, I guess. <laughs> like well, we he was out. being one of my
2: sorority sisters, to be fair, so I didn't really... Oh. I felt like I had to sort of do that kind of thing.
0: Oh, God. No,
2: I he used fair to call really- me
0: when he was drunk when you guys were in college. What he used to call me if he was drunk when you guys were in college. That was fun. <laughs> okay. You've never,
2: you've
3: never had someone who's like interested in you. you're Just kind of like, all right, like I'll, I'll be nice to you, but like I'm not, I'm not giving you my A game. Like you've never. Well,
0: I've had that.
3: Okay, so it's like it's, but it's like that. That's that's, that's because what I'm not this... interested. Okay. I never, I never had person... a girl where would might be like hey like oh maybe one day and hey sometimes your guard gets let down it's late you're like fuck it this dude this guy's here <laughs> listen i
0: <laughs> my my game in college um was all explicitly dance based and so there's no way for me to like coyly act like i'm not interested while i'm like humping girl all the dance floor i never had yeah. that like yeah Listen, I—I I, again, we've established I was not the best guy at nineteen, but like I've never had the experience of being like, let me send the message to this girl that I don't like her, because that will make her like me. Like that's a weird.
2: Oh, it only. I don't want
0: that relationship.
2: It mostly works. It more so works the other way around. I'm not gonna say it only works, but it's more. So. I, I bet. Huh?
0: I mean, I bet that works better with the girl who's like acting uninterested in the guy than the other way around.
2: Yes. Anyway. So it wouldn't work yeah. for
0: me.
3: I was like, we don't uh, need to get into all of our... <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I feel like we're back in therapy or something. Um, anyway, so I'm going to circle back. So yeah, they go to the beach, the sunset, she starts to fall for him. He's like actually falling for her. They actually maybe exchange a few sentences. Um... And then I'm gonna fast forward to what we talked about the boat. And then I'm gonna fast forward to the fact that um, there's a, a thong incident. Um, uh-huh. Kind of alluded to the fact that she can dresses up in her lingerie best at the away game, and it's you know a bunch of students, a bunch of faculty. They're all in this big hotel, and she is basically. Um, instructing him to come like visit her in her room. And she like gives him the wrong instructions, but says, you have to wear this thong and you have to like climb out the window and basically scamper along the scaffolding or whatever it is. Oh, he
0: scampers. He scampers yeah. across all kinds yeah. of balconies.
2: Yeah. Which, um, yeah, wearing a thong from Victoria's Secret. Um, mm-hmm anyway, so he gets over there and, um, ends up in the gym teacher's bed, um, Mm. instead of her bed. And then, you know, there's an uproar. The gym teacher, um, obviously marches him out. He's wearing his song. She's like, oops, sorry, sob. Um, (laughs) and basically, you know, that's, Suicide, you know, if a, a guy seen in girls' underwear being paraded down the hall with everyone's seeing um, from the gym teacher's room. Um, mm. But, sure is it. but well, because well, he's not um, it turns out that it's a thing now, and everyone's just yeah. wear fancy, lacy, fun thongs.
0: Now, mm. I, I had this reminded me very much of a real life sports story. Um, Dana, did you have a baseball team you liked growing up? I know you are from New Jersey, and you're a, you're a Giants fan.
3: Uh, I like the okay. Mets are fine. The Mets are fine. Okay.
0: I know, Dave, you are a Yankees fan, which is weird to me because – That's my AL team. Cubs. My NL my team's the Cubs. Of course. So I need to ask you, are you familiar with the Jason Gian B. Fong story? I am not. I'm very – Oh, boy. I'm
1: okay. Sure.
2: Wait, but we're going to have to cut these short stories short because we have to get to the end of this movie at some point.
0: We've got time, so we're okay. We're This this is, a, this is a short story, and it's a fun one. So I only know this because it gets brought up very routinely on the Dan Levitard show. Um, Jason Giambi, for those who don't know, was a big-time slugger for the Yankees. Pretty sure he did a lot of steroids. Um, but there was a story that came out in 2008 that uh, he would wear this gold LeMay thong during baseball games if he was in a hitting slump. The um, story came out in OA. He said it worked every single time he did it. He hmm. shared the thong with his teammates. Mm. Uh, he had been doing this for 12 years when the story came out. Like, this was a, a regular thing. You played with Giambi and you were in a slump. I'm guessing, I'm guessing slump. never, washed, never he, washed. They said they washed it. I don't believe oh. it because baseball players are superstitious. Oh. They're not going to wash it. No, yeah, that makes
1: feel bad. I figured if, if it was like true, like a good luck charm, he'd just leave it in his locker and be like, "I need it again." Yeah. I don't believe they ever washed it. You I can't do not believe it.
3: You'll wash the luck away. You'll like I did not wash my away. kilt, like it, in my field hockey kilt, for like a whole season. Because I was just like, Listen, I feel good about this.
0: I I would watch, and Dave knows this. I'd watch every Iowa game in the same pair of uh, game bibs. Mm-hmm. Never washed them once from 2003 through 2009. By the mm-hmm. end, they only had one strap on them. They were like, I that. 11 yeah, I had, a.m. Every Saturday during football season.
1: Yeah! All oh, yep. right, yeah!
0: That's Goddamn right. right. I, I, I put them in the barbecue to sacrifice them when they were finally done. Uh, after I beat, uh, after we beat Megan's um, Missouri Tigers in the inside bowl. But, yeah. mm-hmm. so he never, he, he shared this with his teammates. And I only have two stories about players who admit to wearing it. Uh, one was Derek Jeter. Uh, there was a season I didn't I didn't find what season this was. Jeter was 0 for 32, which is a long slump for Derek Jeter. He put on the gold thong and he hit a home run on his first at pitch in the first inning mm-hmm. wearing the gold thong. Mm-hmm. So he said it worked. And then Johnny Damon, uh, as Bobby Clausen calls him, noodle arm Johnny Damon. Uh, <laughs> he wore it. He said probably three times, which I take to mean probably ten times because he was not a great hitter. Um, yeah watching this thong thing i'm like okay this came out before we knew about giambi's thong but apparently like wearing a thong was a thing that happened in sports sure so I, it, I could not let that slide
3: is it any different than just like wearing a jock
0: well there's no butt part to a jock strap
3: yeah i feel like it uh, i guess having well, i don't think like it's that but <laughs> the whole like right the
0: front the front end would be very yeah. similar
3: Yeah, sorry. The
0: the front end would be very much like a jock. It's just the back part is very different.
3: Okay. Listeners, again, you could not see the hand gesture I was making, which is probably (laughs) for the (laughs) best. But again, so this is where, like, John Tucker is Teflon. And I kind of actually, now that we're, like, talking about it, appreciate that, like, everything they tried to do to him, he was able to spin it, whether it's, like, wearing women's underwear or having herpes. It's like, okay, I have herpes. Who cares? He didn't actually, but you know, it's just like, yeah, I wear a lady's underwear. What's the big deal? And it's like, there is a sort of subversiveness to them trying to do all this stuff and it not working. And I think that's kind of like what we were saying earlier, that like this could have been darker. This could have been slightly more interesting, but it just doesn't pan out. But like, I think it's kind of dope retrospectively that like none of the shit they try to do besides the whole Kate falling in love with making kate fall in love with him or him fall in love with kate all the other stuff like doesn't stick and i think that's kind of cool
1: yeah i'm glad it didn't escalate into actual murder which is why i thought it was going for <laughs> i, I would have liked that kind of a
2: little upset about that but that we didn't get the, to murder yeah yes yeah i, no, I think
1: I that would have been they fun were trying, yeah <laughs> they were trying and failing so
2: much I like the birthday point, party uh, uh, very easily yeah. really could have jumped out of that cake with some knives and yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns, birthday party, ninja
0: stars,
3: um,
2: which so we're gonna fast, we're gonna fast forward to the end of this movie. Yeah. In which wait,
3: the birthday party though was that at Cyberdelia? I just feel like we have to bring it it up Cyberdelia. No, the birthday yeah. party. Okay, okay.
0: There was kids skateboarding by
1: Cyberdelia, yeah. where, so, where the sound system was the back of a truck. It was pretty good,
2: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> an
1: entire
0: truck.
2: So basically, it's. This, this birthday party is bigger than I think our proms were. Um, yes. There's a stage. There's a massive, um, massive cake that women in bikinis jump out of for your 18th birthday, which also happened to me. Not.
0: Um, yeah. 18th birthday, and you have a girlfriend. Here are strippers for your birthday in front of everybody. Here
2: are some strippers. Here's this massive... Um, what was it like that Jeep that converted into basically like a huge sound system? And-
0: yeah, it was a Fat truck with 40,000 subs crazy. in the back of it.
2: So many speakers. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, right before this, John kind of turns to her, gives her his watch, and everyone, oh, God, you know, all the girls like, are like, oh my gosh, you have his watch. Like, he actually is falling for you. Are you falling for him? Blah, blah, blah.
0: And they immediately jump right back into being in love with him. Yeah. Which bothered the hell out of me. Like, yeah, that, that did not fly for me at all.
2: Well, and then, um, I'm jumping around a little bit, but like, and then, you know, when the, the chicks jump out of the cake and they're like, John, here's your cake. And he's up on stage and whatever. Um, and then those girls like jump up who they've basically been their hearts ripped out by this guy and like terrified. And instead of like murdering him, they're like getting in a food fight. Like this is yeah. was, like hoping that there'd be a little bit of this, you know, um, dark plot <laughs> coming this out.
0: This is the one, the one part of the movie that felt super lazy to me, yeah. which is unfortunate because I think my biggest laugh came right before this with like the three or four John Tucker fanboys. Who were in the audience like, No matter what you do, it's great. And they're like, No, 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 he's a bad person. No, being bad is cool. (laughs) Just like that was a fun moment. And they throw like a beer or something in their face. They throw multiple drinks that moment where they hit Kate with a a bucket (laughs) of beer. And she's (laughs) like, Okay, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, okay. she's confess. <laughs> By the way, she audience. She's confessing at this point that she's well, yeah. Yeah,
3: well, she also says at one point like I'm Kate or whatever she says, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? That's like, who every- I
0: really am.
3: Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, <laughs> man. No one cares.
3: I feel like was there a, a longer speech that they cut out, but left in the like this is Kate, and I was just like, well, probably. What? Like yeah, there was definitely like, if you cut out the larger speech, like it doesn't make sense for her to. I, I'm I'm been really refraining from comparing this to Mean Girls, but it's like when she starts like breaking up the thing and like throwing it out, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I feel like we missed that speech where you know Katie is breaking up the thing and tossing it around. She's just like, I'm just Kate, and I'm like,
2: no one knows who the fuck you are. Like right. that's the whole <laughs> you point. To the right? Two weeks We're ago, <laughs> literally invisible. And mm-hmm. then yeah, the only thing you have is the fact that you have a crush on the other Tucker, and yeah, which.
0: I mean, for, I, I had no interest in their love story. I felt like that was so unnecessary. And again, I wanted her to run for her life because Joe was going to put her in, like, an underground bunker where he mm. feeds her through, like, a plexiglass wall.
2: But It, <laughs> it could have been interesting. Like, it could have yeah, been. There was, like, this dark angle or a, just a little bit of a different angle. It could have been way more of, like, a plot thickener.
0: What they should have done was make it very clear that she really wanted to be with Scott but like had to kind of do that thing where I have to be in two places at once so have a date with Scott and also have a date with John Tucker we're like running back and forth trying to cover your tracks I had no reason to care about her wanting to be with Scott or Scott wanting to be with her No, nope. he wasn't interesting they nope. they seemed like they were kind of buddies in chemistry class that whole thing, they really could have, I could have done with them taking that away and giving us like one more wacky plot where they're trying to screw over John Tucker.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like we didn't need this other thing, which like, I don't know if it would have flown. Like you dicked over my brother for like a month or so, but now it's like, right. all right, now I'm going to date you. Like, I don't, I don't know how that would have, I don't know if that would have gone like,
0: over. It's not one of those, like, oh, I hate my brother. We have this, like, beef thing. It seemed like they were genuinely, like, frankly, I don't know how what big the age gap is between them. He said he's his younger brother. But, like, they didn't seem to hate each other. They didn't seem to have yeah. any real sibling rivalry. So the idea that he'd be totally fine dating this girl who actively tried to destroy his brother's life, my brother would not be okay with that.
3: Yeah. Mm. Like I had a friend who ended up dating a dude like right after me in high school, and like we weren't friends for months because I was just like, no. no, this is not okay. Like, uh-uh. mm. so like this is your family, this is your blood. So yeah, I thought that was yeah.
2: I don't yeah. know. I did date one of my friends' ex boyfriends right after. Oh wow!
0: Well. College after college, when was this? I'm no curious.
2: cowboy hat. He did. Who Melissa. did he
0: date?
2: Melissa. <gasps>
0: he did Rosenberg, right?
2: I did talk to her about it, but
0: oh, and Shaw is so nice. I could I could see her being like, it's okay, <laughs> like <Yeah>. okay.
3: <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I'm not saying I was an angel after, but in high school, this girl wanted like I think part of the reason why me and this guy broke up was that she was like making inroads while he and I were still together.
2: And I just like, um... uh, it's a guess, a happy ending. I honestly don't yes. remember how it ends. Okay. Jo- John gets to do whatever he wants. It's and he perfect. The woman John,
0: he's a he's a an originator of thruples. Like he he okay. gets a girl and he's like, oh, this is my other girlfriend. I'm gonna be open and honest about. And they, they both look kind of disgusted, but then they just like walk off with him anyway. into yeah. it. Um, That's fine. Yeah. Okay.
2: Because so only yeah
0: pulls everything off.
2: He gets
3: so away with it. Yeah. Or polyamory. Caden Scott
0: wound up. In high yes. Okay. Yeah. In, the, in 06, polyamory is, I mean, a pioneer.
3: Again, there are so Kate many good winds up things. With Scott. There are yeah. so many interesting things they could have distilled yep. into.
0: They really could have. They could have.
3: So but, polyamory is um, totally fine. Do we ever do the other three?
2: I no, just, they're fine that. with throwing cake at each other. They probably turn into lesbians with each other. Uh, probably. I mean, they've already made out, so I guess I can. Like, yeah. what? What are they doing?
0: Yeah. The, the end of the movie is just like the girls are now friends together, yeah, and they're like best there's a scene. Friends, and they're like. Yeah, they want to try to like set up Kate with Scott, and then she's like, "What if we just hang out tonight instead?" Like, what does hang out mean? I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, so they're, they're, they're a group of girls that are friends now, and Kate what? and Scott wind up dating or whatever it the ending is pretty lazy
3: okay that's what i was like i know i watched this movie i swear but it was the end did not stick up
0: there's one part of the like i wouldn't call this a post credits it's in the middle of the credits where they yeah. cut to japanese girls i don't know yeah. i don't know if they are gyaru or harajuku i don't know like where they're from in specific
3: credits? Um, i did not the, see oh, this no Oh, I yeah, was, you have to watch
0: think, the, the credits. There's, uh, there's some hidden scenes in there. Yeah. I was cleaning up my basement as the credits were rolling, and all of a sudden you wind up in Japan. Um, if if you are a Japanophile, I don't really know that I am, but I'm a nerd, and so I, I know what harajuku girls are and what gyaru girls are. There are these girls who are, like, sitting on, like, a bench together in Japan, looking at the picture of John Tucker in his thong and, like, giggling about it and laughing in Japanese. And that's it. Like, they don't, they don't explain what they're saying. It's just, I think we're just supposed to understand that he's gone viral because of his butt or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's the actual end of the movie for no reason. It was a, a real weird end.
2: Hmm. All right. Okay. All right.
0: Um, now, something from this movie that I think deserves a lot of attention um, is the music in it. So uh, we should really quick do a mic check here.
3: Mic check
0: one, two, one, two. Mic check one, two. Microphone check one, two. For me, this movie exists in a very specific time because um, I think we all kind of noted there's so many like punk and acoustic covers mm. in this movie. There was a, like a two or three year stretch where pop punk covers of 80s songs was like a big thing. And there's a couple of those that are in here. There's a couple of like weird acoustic covers that are in it. Um, I was very excited to hear Motion City soundtrack in the closing <sighs> credits. I used to love Motion City soundtrack. Man. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> They're not that good. <laughs> but- that's especially man. That 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 album. I'm like that album had just come out when this movie came out. I'm like so they just got that song and said that's gonna be our
0: credits music. Let's do it. It's exciting. Yeah, good that stuff. was. That was pretty neat. But yeah, the, the, the covers, the eighties, the the pop punk covers really got, there's a a good cover of hit me with your best shot. Yeah. Um, I love Pat Benatar. And so that was, that was a fun one to hear. Um, What were some of the other tracks that stood out to you guys? I don't know if you guys heard that. I don't know if
1: you've heard of the band Cartel before. Uh, No. Song called Honestly is a pop punk song from the, Mid to early 2000s. Give it a listen sometime. I'm not going to sing it because it's a little above my register, but uh,
0: you have Dave, I've I've heard, you sing, I've heard you sing producing. Uh, I've producing Richie Valens before, like you're. Or no, uh, uh, you not know, Richie Valens. Who was that? The Four Seasons. Frankie Valli. Frankie oh, Valli. Yeah. That's the one.
1: yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got one range. of the yeah one one of the other covers. Uh, time after time.
0: Yeah, that was that
1: quite. I did that one. That was a good cover. enjoyed that very much. Yeah. Um, uh, from the boat scene, uh, it was a not a surf song called "I Like What You Say," which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another song that I can't remember where where it was in the movie. There's this band called Rocket Queen called "The Next Big Thing." Um, they were a Texas band that won a competition on MySpace at the time to have their song included. Yeah. They did. They, they won a competition on Mindspace to have their song included in the movie. I thought that was kind of cool. And there were a bunch of songs that weren't available that, that weren't available on the actual soundtrack. There was an Eagles of Death Metal song when, wow. uh, when uh, John Tucker when he was walking on the balcony to get over to the other room. Uh, it's called I Want You So Hard. That's a, give, everyone just listen to, the, listen to that song.
0: That's a, that's a fucking fantastic song. It's awesome.
2: I feel like I didn't notice any of these songs.
0: Oh man, the yeah. Float On cover.
2: Yeah, that
3: one, like there are certain ones that like I wrote down and it's, it's like an interesting mix of like covers and then like originals and it, it didn't really seem to make sense to me of like why they went with what but like Nelly yeah. Furtada, Man Eater, like there are there oh, also yeah. are yeah. songs that are yeah. so like spot on for the scene. Like oh, yeah. Dirty I mean, Little yeah. Secret plays. Eater, yeah,
2: Dirty Little Secret, yes. Yeah,
3: yeah, like, hit me with your best shot, I think, is during yeah. that, like, fight. But, no, that's, um, that's
0: during the um the uh, estrogen scene.
3: Oh, they yeah. Chugging okay. the
0: estrogen during yeah. <laughs> with your best shot.
3: There's mm-hmm. a cover of 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Like, yeah. a lot of them were spot on. I'm going to, The Cure, I saw them at ACL this year. It was a great moment for me. Oh, uh, Close to me was in there. And that, I just immediately, like, glom on, on, to. And then time after time. A lot of these other ones, I didn't really... Yeah, like you just read those first little notes and I was like, "Oh, ah, that it's the Cure." Um yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some good. Like there's it's just an interesting that like some of the oldies are covers and then yet but then like the Cure just pops up like, "No, we got we got close to me. We don't need you to cover it. We have We it. were so able we to
1: afford it. the Cure, but we're not going to pay for the original Paul Simon version, so let's find a <laughs> cover."
0: Yeah. Let's do it. It's not it's not a bad soundtrack. It's just very much of a time. Like Yeah. Yes. The, the amount of pop punk that's on here, the amount of covers that are on here, um, it's very much of a time. And really the, the Float On cover just bothered me. Because my band, we covered Float On at almost every show, because it was always my pick. And as a bassist, it's almost so fun to play. You don't really do anything. You get to, like move around a whole lot. Um, to hear like the acoustic cover, I'm like, this is so melancholy. And like, it's a fun song. The lyrics in that song are fucking fun. And to hear them make it all sad and mopey just kind of bummed me out.
3: It was a sad um, moment in the movie. It but was. It, it had just stopped all the knowledge on how John was so terrible. She's at her house. Like it worked. And I was like, oh, is this float on? Because it was. It was so yeah. chill that I almost like couldn't like couldn't pinpoint it.
0: Yeah, it was. It took it, a while. I'll tell you, musically, a good arrangement, just not what I what I wanted to hear from that song. The other segment that I that I think we should dig into here a little bit at least is uh, the fashion and some of the hair choices here. So let's get into some frosted tips and butterfly clips. <whistles> Big sis, what did you think about the fashion in this movie?
2: Um, I thought it was very much of the time. Like there weren't too many, like I would say, outrageous. Based on the fact that we've been like kind of watching movies from this era and how they're. Depicting kind of what teens wore at this time, I will say um, Dana and I I think are going to split um, the Ashanti look. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I will take the clothes portion, and Dana will take the hair portion. Um, as a, a, a Texas two-step, we we have to. Of we have to come at it from two different angles. Um, so. I think the one outfit, or there's just a variety of outfits that she, you know, she was the cheerleader. She was, like, supposed to be, like, kind of, like, cute and popular, and so all of her outfits are very bright and, you know, a lot of, like, kind of skin-tight tops and, like, flowy bottoms, but um, a lot of orange, too. I think that might be her favorite color. Not sure. A
0: lot of orange. A
2: lot of orange. Um, But her one outfit where she had, it was... It was basically like a sports bra and then like a cut off top with sleeves that ended where a sports bra ended, like just at the boob. Um, a for school. For school, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to mention this is what she wore at school. Um, and I think it even was like a low cut somehow. It, like, yep. there, there was just basically a strip of fabric um, of the actual shirt. And I was just like, that is, I was like, hey, she looks good enough. <laughs> That's a great color for her, but um, that would never, never fly in school. Um, Zero. But, but also is very similar to some of the other looks that we've seen in the time where it was like, I wouldn't even call it a crop top, like just a half top, a quarter top. I'm not sure what
3: you call that. Yeah. Uh, Whatever that looks shirt.
2: Regardless, it, that was kind of in at the time. So even if you, but usually, I mean, I would wear like a full tank top underneath it and then maybe like not kind of a, a top or cardigan. Parka on top. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Dana, what about uh, Ashanti's hair in this movie?
2: Well, okay. So
3: um, I don't know why I have this ability, but I can clock a wig from a mile away.
0: And... <laughs> this is a wiggy movie.
3: Um, you know, Ashanti wears a lot of, like, headscarves, headwraps, and you're like, why? And then you realize it's like, oh, it's to, like, help disguise the fact that she is wearing a very, very bad wig. Like, it's... Yeah. You know, I don't... I- I don't want to, I don't know. I've never had to own a wig. I've never had to purchase human hair. I have a decent amount on my head. It's fine. Um, so I don't know how one buys a good wig, but I was just like, every time she's in a scene, I was just like, ooh, what? Did you did you piss off the hairdresser? Like, I don't, I don't understand.
2: It was, yeah, just the wigs in general. Do we know why she was wearing a wig? <clears throat> a lot of black ladies wear wigs. It's, uh. Yeah. But I mean, if you're, <clears throat> If you're in a major motion picture can you just like in- invest in a nice one no that's what i'm saying so that's why i'm like yeah.
3: extra appalled by it. like it's not a good lace front like it's there's just like so much about it that is just very wrong so like that every time she pops up i'm just like oh, my especially after like we we watched the movie like save the last dance with a lot of uh black people in it hair was great hair was fine and then this one, it just jumps out like a sore thumb. I don't know what she had going on under it. Maybe she was going through something. I'm sorry, Shanti, if you were, but that wig was bad, and I'm mad at it.
0: Yeah, as a, as a devotee of Real Housewives of Atlanta, I've also developed quite an eye for a wig, and that was not a great wig that they had on her. It was, it had that kind of a thing where your wig is way too shiny. Like nobody's oh. hair is that reflective. And so that really, it was not a great look. Um, Dave, what fashion stuck out to you in this movie? I'm a big fan of uh, argyle sweaters.
2: Oh, um,
1: you are. That's
0: true.
2: Huh,
1: yeah. A, any argyle pattern, I get. I have more sweaters than I can count, and uh, I think her name's Carrie. In the last scene, mm-hmm. wears this kind of argyle, kind of sleeveless sweater thing, and I like that. It was very. It was a very nice sweater. Uh, like white jean skirt and,
3: uh, I think borderline. it's a halter top I think it's a halter top sweater it might be a
0: halter
3: I was a halter like, sweater
1: Google search what do you call that uh, <laughs> halter top okay. one off that's, that's, that's good I'm like that's borderline school appropriate maybe the skirt would be too short someone would be like get on your knee and be like you, know, you, you like measure and it's it's too short I, I don't know but it seemed appropriate and you know it makes you seem studious if you're wearing an orgal. it's very Academic,
2: it's kind of like. like uh, I yeah. had a, a top like that in college. I'm 90 mm-hmm. not sure. That checks out.
0: And
1: fantastic. It, 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 it's it's kind of like the professors in uh, college with their uh, elbow pads,
0: mm-hmm. and, and you're just like, you're just look it. at that,
1: and, and you're like, that person, that person's real smart.
0: Real and smart. I will say, smart. on the topic, <laughs> on the topic of Carrie, uh, I don't want to really get into it, but I, I did appreciate that they made her like, the nerdy, smart girl character with none of the nerdy, smart girl tropes. Like yeah. They didn't make her socially awkward. They didn't make her, like, wear glasses or not understand what, like, makeup is. She was just a really cute girl who's also very smart. Mm-hmm. So I did. I appreciated that.
2: She was wearing a bra in one scene, and I...
0: Yeah, oh. well, sometimes, you know, she could have been artsy, for all we know. Um, for me, the look that stood out the most was not so much for the fashion. It was when Kate went on her boat date with John and I wanna really quick break my shoulder, patting myself on the back here, forgetting this whole episode, not making one John and Kate plus eight joke. So that, I mean, as a, as a, a big fan of trash TV, that was a big part of my life once upon a time. But there's a, well, no listen, I, I tried to find it recently during COVID and wound up watching all of Sister Wives instead. Oh so you, can't, you can't stream John and Kate anywhere. I had to sell oh. Sister West. Yeah, that's who I am. Um, but the look that she has on their boat date, her dress is fine. It's like a, a black halter top cocktail dress with like small polka dots all over it. And it's just a pink shawl over that. What got me was her hair in this scene. Um, we were talking before the podcast. So this is basically Megan's wedding day here when she got married. It's I'm gonna call him a bouffant. I don't know if that's the correct term for this thing. Um, it's a, it's not...
3: it's a okay. Call it. <laughs>
0: okay. It's it's not it's not a full beehive. It's not a Marge Simpson, but it it looks like she's wearing like a blonde swimming cap. It's kind mm. of the way that I put it. It's all it's oh, very my. tight. Yeah, it's okay. very tight. It's very um, there's not a hair out of place. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of hairspray holding everything in place. And there's like three little teeny tiny pink pins in the back that show up. But I could just, I I, I would have never thought a 17 year old girl going on a date, trying to look cute would pick that hair for like, let's go to a restaurant for dinner together. It seemed very formal Mm
3: -hmm. for
0: any kind of a high school student to me.
3: I feel like because, okay, so I Googled it. Maybe I'm wrong. It's not a chignon, but it's definitely oh. like an actual hairstyle. Like I had, I, it's a thing. Thing. It, I had hair, like a little thing like that uh, for a middle school dance. Cause I didn't know what I was See, doing. That's, but,
0: that's what it's appropriate. If you're going to an event, sure.
3: Well, that's, I think that's like, she didn't know she was going on the boat. Like it works right. for the boat, but you don't know you're going on the boat.
0: She's going so, to the restaurant she works at.
3: <laughs> yeah like
0: you're going to your job dressed like that but um that does bring us to the end of our podcast and just like the end of the school year that means it's time to hand out some superlatives kate is most likely to start a relationship blog with her mom called tips and tricks to skip the skips Heather is most likely to say don't you know who I am at least once in her life. Okay. Beth is most likely to be a paid influencer for the Impossible Whopper. Mm. Carrie is most likely to make YouTube videos reviewing drones and spy gadgets. Scott Tucker is most likely to do a really bad job as best man for John's wedding. I feel like they <laughs> have nothing in common. So it's going to be a, his, a speech mess. Will be, his speech will be terrible. Yeah, you know, it's speechly bad bachelor party's gonna be some lame shit. They're gonna go to like a concert that John doesn't want to go to. It's gonna be bad.
3: <laughs> low key, uh, it's gonna be a low key event.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be low a key. real stay in the house bachelor party. My bachelor party was partially a stay in the house bachelor party because yeah, we were yeah, in I Denver, Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> we had a fun time.
2: We'll come back. Like real that.
0: nice house, man. Real nice house. Mm-hmm. My brother got arrested. Uh, oh John God. Tucker <laughs> <he> went <was> to <laughs> jail. Um and John Tucker is most likely to start a polygamous cult in northern Nevada. I think that's I don't like that for him. Well, I don't like anything about him, but that's where he's gonna wind that's up. He doesn't totally he what fails he up, up with
2: yeah.
1: no, he's, he's gonna start with two, three, four, five, and before you know he's gonna have like arm extensions to get his arms around yep. all the lady
2: and try to date. Well he can he can borrow some from Ashanti. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> no, <Here.
0: laughs> Now, I have the honor of picking our next movie, and this one is one that is very near and dear to my heart. I don't know, I can't imagine many people have seen it. I think it was a pretty big flop. But we're going back to 2005 to the Lil Bow Wow Nick Cannon roller disco movie, Roll Bounce. Mm. Uh, I think it's another Chicago movie, if I recall correctly. I think it's a South Side yeah. Chicago movie. Yeah. Yep. Um Journey Smalley is in that, who is the sister of uh, Jusui Smalley, as Dave Chappelle calls him, because he's been disowned. Um, it's a really fun movie. We're going to be joined by my college roommate, Joel Campbell. We For a while, we had to call him Sweetness because of this movie. So you watch the movie, you'll understand why he demanded we call him Sweetness for about six months there. But uh, yeah, Roll Bounce is a real experience. So I'm mm. I'm pumped to watch that one with you guys. Sound, soundtrack looks pretty good too. excited. So it's like... cheat code. Seventies movie. They had <laughs> they could pick whatever they wanted. Exactly. I
3: haven't seen this one, so yeah. I'm excited. Check it out.
0: I think I think just me and Joel have, and my parents. So that <laughs> yeah it's I mean it's hard to sell a roller disco movie in two thousand five, but uh oof, it's a good one. I had a lot of fun watching that in college especially.
3: Oh Charlie Murphy's in it. Charlie See? Murphy is in
0: it. Roll Bounce. Roll Bounce. You guys, if you enjoyed listening to us this week, if you enjoyed what you heard, uh, pop on over to uh, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. uh, Leave us a nice review. Give us a five-star rating. And if you didn't like it, to quote Beth, normally I'm opposed to the slaughter of animals. But in your case, I'll make an exception. Take it easy, millennials. We will see you next week.